saw Jesus, a street child in violent convulsions, and he fell to the ground, writhing and foaming at the mouth. How long has this, has this been happening? Jesus asked the boy's father. He replied, since he was very small. The evil spirit often makes him fall into the fire and the water, trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us. Do something if you can. What do you mean if I can, Jesus asked. Anything is possible if a person believes. The father, the, uh, immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help me overcome my unbelief. And Jesus saw that a crowd of onlookers were growing and rebuked the evil spirit. Spirit of deafness and muteness, he said, I command you from out of this child and never into him again. The spirit screamed through the boy until another violent convulsion had left him. The boy lay there motionless and he appeared to be dead. A murmur ran through the crowd. He's dead, but Jesus took him by the hand and helped him to his feet and he stood up. Father, I want to thank you today for your word. I want to thank you for your presence here in this place and for your anointing to preach your word. Thank you that faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of God. I pray that faith will be released into every life. Lord, I pray that you would touch every heart in this place today so that every person might embrace everything you have in store for their lives. Jesus' precious name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. Have you ever had that frustration of believing what the Word of God says, but struggling to see it come to pass? You don't have a problem with what the Bible says, but it just seems to be a conflict with what you hope for and what you see, what you believe for and what comes to pass. I mean, you listen to great sermons about miracles and Maybe you go to a conference or two about, you know, faith-building type stuff. You've heard this evangelist preach, you know, five sermons or, or seven points on how to get your miracle. Another evangelist points, short preaches this six points about how to get your miracle and seven steps for this and seven steps for that. And some of us have heard more than other people have heard and we almost have, have faith teaching coming out of our ears, but some of us have yet to see our miracle. Why is it that some people see things happen and some people don't? Have you ever asked that question? Have you ever wondered, particularly if it hasn't happened to you, you probably have asked that question at some stage. You know, there's times when I pray for people and they receive their miracle almost instantly. It's very, very exciting. In fact, there's people more often in recent years that I have uh, seen receive their miracle even before I get to pray for them. Pray for them. People getting healed in meetings while I'm preaching the Word of God.
one says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Wow. Pretty awesome, but it's one of those yeah, right scriptures, isn't it? Don't you think when you, when you hear that one, it's like, yeah, right, tell this man to go throw himself in the sea, and so, come on. It's what Jesus doing. Is Jesus pulling our leg? Is he just playing a little game with us here? Is he telling us a little bit? No. No wonder Jesus actually, before he said this, he said, I tell you the truth. If Jesus says, I tell you the truth, before he said something, what he's about to say sounds like it's not true. But it is true. I tell you the truth. Jesus says, go, uh, and, and, and he goes on to say, to say uh, tell this mountain, go throw yourself in the sea. You don't doubt it in your heart, it will obey you. Wow, this is amazing. Is he talking about mountains that uh, you know we've made into molehills, or molehills that we've made into mountains, or, or you know problems that just seem like mountains? No, the context in which we actually find this is when Jesus has come the day before, walked past the fig tree, first the fig tree, remember this, goes into the city, the next day they're walking past the fig tree with the disciples, and the disciples said, hey Jesus, look, the fig tree you've cursed, it's withered from the roots up. So they're marveling at natural, supernatural things. Something supernatural that has happened to a natural thing. And it's right there when Jesus basically Like you, you've got this mental ascent to something, 
information going from the heart being relayed to the to the brain via biomechanical electromagnetic signals and neurons and, and uh, nerves and hormones and all that that many people are now calling the heart the small brain. In fact, there's more information goes from the heart to the brain than actually goes from the brain to the heart. And there's enough neurons within the heart to enable the heart to learn, to enable it to remember, to make decisions that are completely independent of the brain's cerebral cortex. This is phenomenal stuff. In other words, they're actually calling this it's the little brain and it's sometimes almost like doing the same thing. And uh, there's an amazing story, you've probably heard a little bit about um, memory transplants. It's a phenomenal thing, memory transplants. When, when they take something, uh, a piece of an organ from somebody's body, like it might be even a kidney or whatever it is, and someone gets a transplant. But they also somehow get something of the personality of the person they got the organ. Or perhaps they suddenly have got a talent they never had before that that other person had. It's kind of like something comes, something immaterial comes with the, with the biological piece of their body. But the most incredible story I've heard in relation to this is the story of a girl who was 10 years old who received a heart transplant. The heart she got was from an 8-year-old girl who had been murdered. When this 10-year-old girl got the heart of the 8-year-old girl who got murdered, she started having vivid dreams of the murder to the point where she was able to describe the murder scene and describe the murderer to the point that they actually apprehended and convicted the murderer on the testimony of the little girl who got the heart of the girl who was murdered. How phenomenal. They had no prior connection at all. Wants joy. The head wants love. The head wants 
the heart wants experience. The head's looking for evidence, for proof, and for understanding. But the heart is reveling in mystery and surprise and astonishment. So I wonder the psychiatric institutions are so full these days. Because each one of us has got two people living inside of us. Amen. And one of them's a male, and one's a female.
giving our hearts to Jesus. See, the bottom line, if we want to receive all that God has got for us, it begins by connecting with God. Because the scripture tells us our sin has separated us from God. And the wages of sin is death. And we can have a choice. We can hold on to our sin, allow our sin to drag us away from God for eternity. Or we can choose to embrace our Savior, Jesus, who, when we've embraced him, he is going to be part of his life. Of course, we're going to all be going to take the exchange of eternity in heaven with him. And uh, as you heard what he told us, David, come, he gives us, he gives us victory over the penalty of sin, but he also gives us victory over the power. As, as Christ is living in us, he's transforming us in such a way that we're not
not a good song to guys. Because I'm gonna Is with the 